This is the Sonicast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. We discuss everything about music creation, from the tech needed for success to music education. So if you love making beats, film scoring, or creating sample packs, this is the show for you, where you'll regularly hear from experts in their field discuss their experiences and learn what makes them highly sought-after professionals. Today's guest is Daniel Lara. Daniel is the co-founder of Sonic Productions and one of the lead music track creators for the team. He has an extensive music and teaching educational background, as well as a lifelong history playing in churches, leading bands, and much, much more. He has music tracks placed with television and radio advertisers. The interview takes place at his studio. Great. Hey, Daniel Lara, thank you very much for being with me today, man. Thanks. I, this is a, a lot of fun. I've looked forward to this for quite some time. Um, we've known each other for, gosh, almost, what, 12, 13 years or something? Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, so I've, I've had a great opportunity to get to know you. And so doing this episode will be fun because I'll get to know you a little bit better and our audience will get a chance to know you, a little bit of your background, Hear some of your tracks and get a chance to know your your creative process a little bit. So this will be fun. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it, man. Uh, let's uh, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Um, I want to know specifically. You know, I know. Of course, you're a wizard on keyboards, and of course, in creating music. But take me to your earlier parts of learning music. And I was a baby, and you were a baby, <laughs> all the way back in a baby. <laughs> yeah. No. But. Uh, what was that like, uh, you know, in the Lara household um, in getting starting in music? What what got you started? Wow. Okay. So I'm trying to make this cliff note version <laughs> because it could get very long and lengthy here. But um, I was actually born in El Salvador, first of all. So I wasn't born in the States. Okay. Um, moved over here when I was four years old. So I came to California or moved to California when I was four. Uh, and that's because my parents were fleeing a civil war that was happening in El Salvador. Anyway, we ended up in Carson City, California. Uh, my dad is actually a guitar player, and he was part of a band that was a Beatles cover band back in El Salvador, believe it or not. That's cool. It was called the Five Fingers. And I don't know why five, because there's only four Beatles. But <laughs> apparently they were the fifth finger of the Beatles. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. So he did little cover gigs with his band and obviously like little local thing, nothing major. Mm-hmm. Um, so he played guitar and he, so he had a guitar at home and the whole process didn't begin till um, one Christmas where I asked him to teach me some Christmas songs on his guitar. And so sure enough, he you know, brought out guitar and taught me some chords. So my first instrument was actually guitar. What year? How old were you at around this time? I was maybe, man, I was maybe six, no, maybe like eight years old. Okay. I was eight, yeah. Um, and then shortly after that, he brought home this retro Casio. Okay. One of those Casios that had the uh, the veneer, wood veneer kind of looking thing, right? Oh, yeah. So like 
and it, it was the uh, all in one band key playing thing. So on the left hand down the left register, if you played one key, it was like the band <laughs> with drums and bass and everything. <laughs> so I quickly learned that all I had to do was press one key down the left register and and make up a melody in my right you know hand. And okay. there you go, we had music. Um, and anyway, so that was, I guess, the beginning of it. I mean, we, we also grew up in church, so I was surrounded with music in that way. Um, and uh, my brother shortly after that decided that he would pick up the piano once that Casio came home. My dad brought okay. that Casio home. Okay. And when I saw him pick up the piano, um, at that little um, confession, I only knew how to play in the key of C at that point. Okay. So when he decided that he wanted to um, play the piano, I quickly forced myself to learn other keys uh, so that he wouldn't catch up to me. And (laughs) I wouldn't let him catch up to me. Anyway. It's your brother Joe, right? That was my brother Joe. Yeah. So... um, and that's how it kind of all started, spurred from there. That's pretty cool. So you, you uh, born in El Salvador, did you start this whole process of learning instrumentation in El Salvador? Or was it by the time you moved here to the States? No, yeah, I was four years old, so I didn't know anything. I, when <laughs> I came, I was four years old. I just wanted to play and eat and watch TV at that point. So did your dad have his band there or here in the States? It, it was in El Salvador. In El Salvador. So okay. yes, uh, prior to him getting married... And I want to say, I've never really asked him about that, but I want to say it was prior uh, in his 20s uh, before. Yeah. Does he still does he still play guitar? He does. And he played guitar at my church. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So as you you getting and growing up in your family, it sounds like you, your brother, your dad, very influential. Anyone else in your family musically influenced at all? No, mom sang, but only at home. That was it. But she... She loved singing too. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. At home. Oh. <laughs> that was that's all the only place we let her sing. <laughs> so very cool. So as you got a chance to um, to really understand music, um, I'm sure that you've had a lot of influences. It sounds like your dad was a big influence, of course, in him playing in his bands and and guitars, but. Give me some of your early musical influences. Like when when you first started going okay, I kind of dig this. Give me some ideas of what you were listening to. Man, okay. Wow. So we grew up in a church where um, they're very strict on music. Mm. Uh, And my mom was very strict as to us listening to only Christian music. So we would sneak in the radio, my brother, Mm -hmm. right? And try to take in all the 80s hits uh, Mm -hmm. at that point. And I was (laughs) so influenced by a lot of 80s uh, bands and artists at that point uh from man um uh, staying to okay. obviously michael jackson you had prince at that time um it was just a, just felt like there was a lot of great music at that point um melodic stuff but uh, within the christian world um it was uh early on it was Anything that was on the radio at that time, man, uh, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant and stuff, um, which very quickly turned to um, like Kirk Franklin. And then I found myself in the gospel world of uh, Fred Hammond and uh, man, just Byron Cage and all these other 
uh, great gospel singers. Um, but right around that same time, you know, you had Maranatha music, mm -hmm. uh, integrity music, a vineyard music, um, and uh, integrity music is one of the the big ones as far as Christian music that kind of started shaping what I was thinking about, mm -hmm. especially when the Ron Canoli came out. Right. Um, and he had that all-star band. And as a musician or instrumentalist, we were just in awe of the the power, <laughs> the firing power that he had behind him of uh, when he recorded these albums from Abraham Laborio uh, to Husserl Mario, mm -hmm. Chester Thompson on drums. Mm -hmm. You have Tom Brooks. I mean, it was just, and that, you know, it was just a lot of that was shifting, uh, shape shifting for me okay. um, in the musical world. Okay. So, so a lot, it sounds like a lot of, um, a lot of R&B, um, hearing a lot of, uh, you know, the, the Motown kind of ish and detract from that, but a lot of heavily Christian music influence you yeah. had early on in your life. Yep. That's pretty cool. Which, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but unfortunately, being so uh, uh, close-minded to, or or I guess restrained to only the Christian atmosphere or, or CCM, mm -hmm. radio, Christian music, eventually spurred me, really pushed me to explore the rest of the world <laughs> sure uh, as far as music and then leave that music behind for a good chunk of time okay um and um so you're talking about exploring different kind give me an idea of how so i mean so so to. yeah so as soon after that where you know where it's usually it happens like you know teenage years where you start kind of like rebelling and saying like oh, i don't know i want to really want to listen to just christian music and right um but you know Soon after, you find yourself just kind of distancing yourself from that because you think that like maybe it's not on par with mm -hmm. some of the mainstream music that's out there. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you start listening to, and yeah, I, I dove into some rock, uh, <laughs> some okay. uh, uh, rap. Rap was a big one. Yeah. I mean, um, and um, doing uh, yeah more R and B, definitely R and B. Um, still stayed within the gospel because I felt the gospel was challenging as far as, you know, musically it was right. challenging. So that kind of kept me. Yeah, at, gospel yeah. has some chord structure stuff that's unique. Yeah, it's not it is. Else. It is. Yeah. Cool. So as, as a, as a young man, you know, finding your own way, teenage years, getting a little bit older, um, did you play much in school? Did you do, did you have your own little bands? Did you use some things outside of the church genre at all? So I played at church. So I started playing in church, uh, joined the worship team there, the kids worship team. There was actually a little band that we had at church called Jesus lives. And um, it was a group, a musical group made up of pretty much 12 through 14 year olds. Okay. And we hit up the church circuit in Los Angeles <laughs> as a kid band. And How anyway, cool it was that? it was crazy. We had matching uniforms and everything. Like we had this what? whole whole ensemble. Um, Do you have any pictures? Oh my goodness! I think I I, I must might, see pictures. I might have one or two. Which we're, we're gonna have to have pictures to this. I've so. kept those deeply buried yeah, for we're years. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna find them somehow. <laughs> anyway, so that's how I started. Cool. Um, and then. Shortly after that, so that that pretty much went and shaped my musical, a lot of my music um, playing through high school. 
uh, I was I played saxophone in junior high. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did. Um, I even got bust out of my junior high to the nearest high school because our junior high didn't have a music program. Okay. But they bust us to uh, the nearby high school, and I played sax for two years. What? <laughs> yeah, man. Whoa. Yeah, I know you're a sax player. So, I'm a sax man, player. But that's I why that. I give it up to you because I remember <laughs> those years of squeaking. <laughs> I still have those years. <laughs> and uh, so that happened uh, through high school. I didn't get involved at school because uh, I didn't want to do band. I was, you know, I was trying to be the cool kid and in high school but i wish now i would have gotten involved um and so side note uh my high school was predominantly black Mm -hmm. it was like 90 percent black eight percent latino two percent other and there was no there was no white person there the two (laughs) two percent other was like (laughs) islanders filipinos like it was like every other ethnicity or race aside from just, just white. No white yeah, no there was people. no white people there. It was Washington Preparatory High School. Same one huh. I found out that Ice Cube went to graduated from. Really? Yeah. That's so uh, that's cool. And it was about two blocks from my house, so I would walk there. But um, yeah, and you know, so I was just trying to stay alive at that time. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to. Um, and but for some reason, I didn't think that you know, uh, band would be a great thing to do, which I should have, I, you know, hindsight 2020, I wish I would have done that. So I went from that to being fully involved in music, attending Azusa Pacific University right after that. All right, this is a good spot. We'll stop to take a quick advertisement break. Hi there, I'm Dan Young, co-founder of Sonic Productions, your music production company. We partner with businesses to help you deliver your best message professionally, elegantly, and with the power to capture your audience. Our goal is to serve you as you seek to grow your brand, whether you use Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or other mediums like podcasting or television. We'll work with you to custom tailor a song to fit your campaign, or you can visit our music licensing business, Sonica, to choose from over a hundred original songs ready for licensing. Voiceover narration is also available. So when it's time to seriously consider growing your business, consider Sonic Productions to stand out. Sonic Productions, our music, your story. Visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to contact our team and to learn more. It was, um, in high school, it was kind of watch your back. You say to yourself, keep, keep to yourself. You question every, you know, uh, action. And it, if even if someone's trying to be nice to you, saying hi, you question it. Like, what's up? Like, what are they? Are they trying to shank mm-hmm. me? You know, mm-hmm. later on, like, wow. what's going on? To um, going to APU, and it was like ninety percent white, and now everyone's waving and saying hi and being wow. super nice, and yeah. I'm questioning their intentions. Like, yeah. okay, wait, they must be up to something here, right? So um, at that point, though, I did get involved. By the way, I did skip some um, some um, memories and, and I guess some of my, and I was maybe like 11 when I took accordion lessons, but I've gone through therapy for that and that's why accordion. I've stored that. Yes, I took, you know, oh. I'm not very proud of that, <laughs> but I did take accordion lessons. So folks, we're going to do an album next year and it's going to be called Daniel Lara's uh, Accordion Show. 
How cool is that? Yeah, that was uh, it was one of those programs that my mom got me involved. I think shortly after she saw my interest in keyboard, and apparently there were no piano lessons or instructors around our neighborhood, but, but plenty of accordion but ones. Apparently, yeah, there was an accordion <laughs> school that was accordion players had an open position uh, spot for me. Um, and I remember you started with the small accordion, and the whole catch, the hook, for you to continue the program was that they would graduate you to the huge accordion and you could start oh. playing Michael Jackson songs. I still no. remember <laughs> I still remember them doing the presentation and them trying to lure you to continue these classes with the bigger accordion, which you had to buy, of course, which was expensive and you had to or rent it. I don't know. But it was a, it was much more expensive and and I just remember that it was Michael Jackson songs that kind of uh would yeah bait people to continue all right with. so so here's the thing we're gonna <laughs> anyway, listen we're gonna listen to uh, michael jackson's beat it on accordion yeah, yeah i think weird al, happened, weird al did something like that. Oh, probably did <laughs> that's gonna be our next show oh man excellent but so that that's ended up awesome man happening i went to apu <laughs> so after having some of this you know musical instruction sporadically kind of happen and really learning a lot of stuff at church and church main school i was quickly uh awakened to the fact that there is a huge music world out there um that's structured and that is in a classroom setting and that has theory and that is um nothing like i had experienced before so Mm. i was quickly humbled because i was walking in thinking that oh yeah I know some stuff and and um yeah i remember that very quickly i was um uh, humbled to the fact that maybe i don't know as much as i think so, i do <laughs> so you went to you went to apu Azusa pacific university and and when you went did you actually study music was this what your goal was to do or was i did it major? so so my going in uh, my major was not music. My major was actually biology. So my senior year in high school, I had applied to UCLA for an internship uh, that summer in their medical school. Okay. Actually at their hospital. And so I got accepted and I did a pediatrics internship there for that summer. And... <laughs> Followed some doctors around, and um, so I I was really excited about that whole field. So when I attended Azusa Pacific, I went in with biology major, Um, but I quickly discovered that you really have to be focused, and (laughs) um, I was so involved at church that I remember uh, it starting to affect my studies, and my advisor, which was also one of the chemistry professors sat down with me and said, Hey, what's going on in your life? They're like, you know, um, and I, you know, told him that I was involved at church and I would, we had service like every night of the week. So, wow. um, he's like, well, you're going to have to make a choice here. You know, it's, you have to give up music if you're going to do this. Ooh. Um, and that really put it in perspective for me. And I, it made me think, okay, how, important is music and how important is this field for me at the moment 
And I think I was drawn more to the allure, the image of being a doctor than the actual um, service of being a doctor. Right. And, uh, And I loved music. So that was like, man, that was like, it was a... It was how long did it, that, how long did it take you to come to that decision? I remember thinking about it maybe sorry for a few days and uh and knowing that I loved music too much at that point to to give it up hmm. so um at that point, I told uh the advisors saying like, "Hey, you know what I think I'm gonna do music instead." <laughs> So I had some music classes that I was doing, you know, as elective classes and stuff like that while I started at APU. But shortly after that, and I, that I switched majors, um, I, and this was actually at the end of my sophomore year. Okay. So, um, I had already gone through two years. So I became a, almost like a older freshman in the music program okay and um yeah that's the whole switch happened there and then all of a sudden it went from having a bunch of science classes to having you know having ochem to having uh, music theory <laughs> so <laughs> what were your parents thinking i mean because you're like pre-med at first and then uh we're moving into a music yeah, background they were, they were very supportive they wanted me to do uh what I felt would be that's good. good. So they were very supportive in that when I told them that I was going to switch. Um, and they were, yeah, they were totally cool with it. That's good. Wow. That's, that's a pretty good, let, let's go ahead and just take a little bit of a break here. Uh, just because I want to go ahead and go to another. Um, so going to Azusa Pacific and changing your study from, biology, pre-med, into then music. Um, you, you did the entire four years from there doing music. Did you graduate with a degree in music? I did. Okay. And what did, what did you look to do when you got out of, uh, got out of school? Um, going into my last year, I knew that, um, well, let, I mean, let's, let's be frank here. Uh, a lot of musicians... <laughs> I have no clue what they're doing most of the time that they're in music school. But uh, because you just want to jam, you just want to play, you just want to, you know, yep. go on to the next project and do the the next great thing. Um, but yes, uh, with that in mind, the last year I knew that um, I wanted to do more of the teaching thing. I didn't want to end up in high school. And I said to myself, like, I don't know if I want to do high school. Like, I'll do elementary or maybe you, junior high. You didn't want to teach high school, is right? What you're yes, oh, I'm okay. sorry. I didn't want to end up teaching in high school. Yes. Um, and sure enough, that's where God put me. So funny enough, how you know, it's that's why you never say never. How long was it from graduation to being placed into high school? Or so teaching? all right, so graduating after graduating at APU, I was just trying to get my foot in the door somewhere. And I started uh, teaching, but not music. I was actually an assistant teacher. So California has this just, man, it was just like a bunch of hurdles and 
things you have to do to become a teacher okay. aside from your degree. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to obviously pass CBEST, at least back then you did. I don't know what the laws are, regulations are now, but, uh, and then you had to apply for a credential program. So unlike Arizona and other states that they just kind of give you those credentials as when you graduate, uh, California didn't. And so I was going through that route of being certified as a teacher. Um, I had done my CBEST test past that. And that's when I landed at a um, special ed school out in Burbank called the help group hmm. at working with uh, junior hires with emotional challenges. And okay. uh, I mean, as come on, as a, as a junior hire already, you're trying to find a lot of stuff out about yourself. <laughs> yeah. So throw in some, behavioral stuff and emotional stuff, man. And it's just a recipe for disaster. And, <laughs> and we saw that many times. Oh man, there's some stories about that that are just too crazy uh, working there. I, I mean, to the, to the point that one day I became one of the security guards because one of the guys was out. And that okay. day I ended up chasing a kid through what? the neighborhood of Burbank, <laughs> California. It was just it was just too crazy stuff. So as you're running down the you're running down the road going, this is not what yeah, I exactly. Signed up I'm like for. I'm just trying to play some music, man. I'm like, why am I chasing a kid down the street in Burbank? I should have been a pediatrician, going <laughs> yeah, back to my I doctor. Know, what am I exactly. doing chasing kids? Uh, it was a complete. Yeah, it's definitely not what I expected. Um, yeah, definitely some stories from that school. So how long did you? Uh, how long were you at that school? I was there for one year. For a I year. Got, you know, you were done. <laughs> I was done. When, you know what? I think it was a training ground. God was just like, okay. Yep. Um, I don't want to say it was a bad school to be at. It just taught me a lot, you know, and I went from that school to a private school in Glendale, California called Salem Lutheran School. Okay. And I taught there. So I was an assistant teacher at that you know, I was just kind of getting my foot in the doors, pretty much just trying to get experience because, of course, every place was like, you know, experience needed. Right. And then I got an opportunity to become a teacher and do Spanish and uh, PE of all things. Nice. <laughs> so here nice. I am. Well, you know, I was nice. young, too, man. I was balling, good getting shape. up the courts. I was in good shape, man. I was I was. Yeah, yeah that was those are the years. So um I ended up doing that uh, and the change, the shift in teaching educational, you know, uh, field was just huge. I mean, it went from special ed to a private small elementary school okay. in which a lot of the parents were, you know, pretty well off. Right. And um, kids listened. Like I, I said stuff and it felt like, oh my goodness, they're actually listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> At the other school, special ed school, we got two things done, two subjects done through the day. That was a successful day. It was wow, like victory. high fives. Everyone high fives. We got math and we got social studies done. Yes. That was amazing. On the bad days, you don't get anything done. I mean, it was just like crowd control, wow. you know, behavioral control. It wow. was just like, let's, let's get out. What a training ground recess. for you. My gosh. <laughs> So I did Salem for two years, and that was um, a great time. And uh, shortly after that, I moved out to Arizona. That's when I met my wife. Beautiful. And moved out here. You've been listening to The Sonic Cast, where artists discuss their passion for creating music. 
be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find show notes in the descriptions, as well as information to hear more from our guest. You can also visit us at www.sonicproductions.biz to license music and shop for some cool merchandise. Sonic Productions, our music, your story. Thank you.